Well, hey there, writer. Welcome to the Resilient Writers Radio Show. I'm your host, Rhonda Douglas, and this is the podcast for writers who want to create and sustain a writing life they love. Because, let's face it, the writing life has its ups and downs, and we want to not just write, but also to be able to enjoy the process so that we'll spend more time with our butt in chair getting those words on the page. This podcast is for writers who love books and everything that goes into the making of them. For writers who want to learn and grow in their craft and improve their writing skills. Writers who want to finish their books and get them out into the world so their ideal readers can enjoy them. Writers who want to spend more time in that flow state. Writers who want to connect with other writers to celebrate and be in community in this crazy roller coaster ride we call the writing life. We are resilient writers. We're writing for the rest of our lives and we're having a good time doing it. So, welcome, writer. I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump right into today's show. Well, hey there, writer. Welcome back to the Resilient Writers Radio Show. I uh, am here today with my friend Deborah Martins and Excited about that. Deborah and I have been in a writing group for a long, long time. She is a writer who is currently based in the Ottawa area, but has lived abroad quite a bit. We're going to talk about that. So welcome, Deborah. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Rhonda, for having me. Yeah. So forward. the first thing I wanted to, to just ask you about is your Canadian Authors Abroad project. Can you talk a little bit about how that started and where it all came from? Yes, absolutely. So um, in 2011, my husband and my daughter, our daughter, moved to London, England, and um, I had a, a little dark office in an apartment and needed an excuse to get out of the flat and came up with this project, having just recently done a, a writer's union workshop on writers and the digital life, which had said you need a digital, you need a niche, uh, a digital platform with a niche. So. Um, I thought, you know, what do I know how to do? I know how to do book reviews. I need to get out of the flat. I know all about Canadian literature. So I started hunting down where people who had lived in London had lived, like Mordecai Rickler and Margaret Lawrence and um, uh, Duncan, Sarah Jeanette Duncan. And, you know, I started with the dead people. And <laughs> after a while, I realized, oh, there's living people here, too and started uh, reaching out and contacting people. And then I thought, you know, try why not try and find as many people around the world as possible. The other big incentive for it was that I did my master's thesis on Mavis Gallant. And uh, Mavis Gallant was pretty much unknown in Canada until she published Home Truths, even though she had paid, like lived for her entire writing career off of New Yorker stories, but she had lived in Paris. So I was aware that we have this thing in Canada where if you're out of the country, you're out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And so that the, the platform tries to address that, to mm -hmm. give people a little bit more attention that they wouldn't normally get. So this is, it's um it's a blog. It's, um you can go to Canadian, canadianwritersabroad.com and you do, it's interviews and articles and posts by Canadian authors who are living somewhere else that's yeah. right yeah 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 cool. I do a combination of you know I do I do reviews or I do interviews but I also like to get other people to do reviews yeah. and 
yeah, as you say, write guest posts and uh, based on the, the the Guardian letter from, you know, mm-hmm. kind of having mm-hmm. a peek into another country. Mm, I love that. So what's that been, um, like so many writers get told, you know, we've got to have the platform with the niche. Um, and what has that been like for you building that? So I've been at it now for 10 years, over 10 years. And at the beginning, I thought, great way to meet people and make friends. But that hasn't really turned out to be the case because uh, it's so easy to lose contact with people, especially people like us who are peripatetic, you know, who are always on the move, uh, changing addresses, et cetera. Um, yeah, no, but it's been great. I mean, the, the main thing that it did is that it kept me in touch with Canadian literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're abroad, it's really, really easy to get out of touch, mm-hmm. especially someone like me. I always deliberately uh, read the literature of the location that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, when you when you do a deep dive into the place that you're in, it's very easy to lose contact with with the uh, mm-hmm. home base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been great for me in that sense that I've had to do the research to find the people. Uh, and, and that research has kept me more up to date than I would be with Canadian literature mm-hmm. than otherwise. Cool. And did you have like, did you already have the skills that you needed to like get a blog up and running and promote it? Mm. Or or were those skills you had to develop? Because I think it's very intimidating sometimes to think. It is intimidating. So I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of a a blog. I was definitely thinking of a website. But then I met a woman um, through an organization of Canadian people doing stuff abroad and uh, who was very comfortable with the WordPress platform. So she taught me how to use the WordPress platform, and it really is very easy to use. Uh, I am a little bit tech savvy. We joke that I'm the tech support in this house, but uh, I did find it fairly easy to learn and to and to start doing. Um, WordPress has, you know, they keep updating the, the software, which means another another little learning curve happens. Right. Uh, And it really depends also which package you buy, how much help you get and all of that stuff. Mm. Okay. But you, you basically started from scratch, not knowing anything and then created it. That's right. I started from scratch, not knowing anything. And I chose only the free, free option at the beginning. And uh, yeah, I think it's not a different, different URL when you start in. No, it's always been the same URL, but it had a different look. Okay. It was very gray and urban look before, and it's evolved to be more. It's cleaners. clean, yeah, yeah, cleaner and yeah, yeah. I like it. So, um, and and you've spent a lot of your time writing overseas, right? Because you're living overseas. Um, you moved a lot with your partner and your daughter, um, different places. And can you talk about what it's like to? Um, I mean, it's it's. I think of it as being uprooted, you know, like it's, you're like yanked out of your home life and plopped down somewhere else. And you have to just build a life there now and learn everything, right? Learn like how do you know, do we dial 911 for emergencies here or do we dial something else, you know? Um, And yet try to still have a writing life. And um, how did you build up a writing life in, in when you were, you know, uh, first in the newer the new places, like when you were in London, yeah. 
Yeah. You, you've taken the words right out of my life, mouth. You, you really do feel uprooted. And whereas my partner would, would have a life set up for him, you know, he would go to an office, he would he would have appointments, he would meet people. I'd be there completely on my own, having left all friends and contacts behind. And I'd have to find a doctor and find where to buy milk and find everything find my way around I'm terrible I'm uh, uh, ironically I'm terrible with maps and directions so I I get lost really easily so uh so that you know just all of these things uh it is it is a lot and it is hard to remember that the thing that matters to you is is writing that the very first posting was Nairobi and that was in a way the easiest because that was pre-internet and so I lost I lost all of my, like I used to do uh, book reviews for publication for pay, right? I lost all of those contacts because, you know, after you're away three years with writing letters that take six months to to arrive, um, I lost all of that. But I, I was working on a novel and I did. I was, I had, we had help in the house, so I didn't have to worry about meals. It was like a super long writing retreat. I did write a novel. It was terrible. Um <laughs> I abandoned it when I got back to Canada, but you know that 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 was that. So I I learned early on that I could do it. That even though things were taking me away from the writing life, like Nairobi, I mean, come on, you know, safari and trip, museum lectures about about flora and fauna, and uh, you know, I met I met some local artists, and uh, so there's a lot to stop you from writing. And of, of course, trips while you're there, you know, you go to Tanzania and Uganda and, and then you go off to Paris because why not? And yet I managed to make it a fair, fair, fair routine where I wasn't interrupted by the staff and um, did write a novel. And then uh, Delhi was a little bit more difficult because I had a newborn. But I, again, I had help. And it's very I'm very firm about separating things out in my life like this this part of my brain and ours is for writing and this part is for being the wife of a diplomat and this part is for being a mother it's very uh separated out so um i in new delhi i wrote in in our bedroom and someone was taking care of the baby every morning for an hour or two and again i was working on a novel that i never finished but um it was a good experience Mm. Um, Delhi was harder though because of being a mom and that's when I started to get sick like really sick mm. and um, so it was just harder it was mm. in that sense and then uh, Vienna Vienna I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember when or where or how I wrote in Vienna so we'll just skip that and then London it was great I had like a little office and and I wrote every morning and I would go out every afternoon. And uh, that's when I started the collection of stories. Well, like started trying to finish them. And um, and, and then in, in Jerusalem, same, still mm. working on, on the stories. Jerusalem. Yeah. You switched to you switched away from the novel to the short story. Why? Yes. Uh, that's that's why I can't. Um, in, in India and Vienna, I was also writing short stories. And I just found it was um, what happened 
to the novels that I wrote in Nairobi and New Delhi is they were abandoned. It, it, you know, they, they, what happens is when you physically pack something up and put it in a, in a box and then put the box on a ship and then maybe you see it in six or nine months and then you open the box, the, the creative connection that you had with that work is dead. Mm-hmm. There's there's really no other way of, of putting it. And I realized, and then also, you know, with personal computers and the internet, all that stuff, I just found it easier to carry short stories around with me mm-hmm. and to continue working on them and to continue sending them out. And so that's why I stopped mm-hmm. uh, working on novels. And were you physically carrying, like, would you print out the short story or your notebook or whatever? Uh-huh. Always the, the, the novels I did because that was pre um, pre internet really uh, our internet we did have internet in New Delhi but it was uh, uh, through the phone line and every time a, a truck drove down our alley it would take the phone line down because all the <laughs> all the wires were strung like that this, sounds you know? very New Delhi <laughs> yeah so it was intermittent internet is how I would describe it. Um, so all these things are quite new, right? It's it's hard to remember, but everything was done by post. All the work I did from Kenya, I did do some work. I I had things published in Paragraph magazine. I had a travel article published in the Star. It was all done by post. Wow, with typewriter. In New Delhi, I had a work. I, I had a computer. Nairobi, it was a typewriter. Yeah, it was a typewriter, electric typewriter. Yeah, oh, fun. yeah. That's right. So, you know, it's hard for us to remember that. And mm. then and then uh, once we got Internet. So in Vienna, I was working, actually. I was doing freelance editing. I had a, a client in Montreal who kept um, it worked out really well for us anyway, as as well as trying to write. But in London, by, by the time we got to London, she retired from that. And, and so that's when you started, you started Canadian Writers Abroad then. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you find it helpful to have something to do, whether it's editing or the CanadianWritersAbroad.com site? Do you, do you find it helpful to have something that's like writing adjacent to focus on while you're also writing? Yes. And sometimes I'm a little bit resentful of the time it takes, especially the research time and the review time. But on the whole, I think it's great to have that because it's confirmation of your place in the world as a writer. So when I get a rejection, you know, I don't like getting rejections. Nobody likes getting rejections. What can I say? Uh, So I find it a a bit hard to dive right back into creative writing uh, work at that moment. And so then I can go to Canadian Writers Abroad. I also work on Canadian Writers Abroad when I'm sick, Mm. um, when I'm tired or when I'm travel tired it's just easier. It's a different kind of work. So it still keeps me connected to the writing world, but because it's a different kind of work than, than the more energy draining creative work, um, it's good to have. It is a good balance. Mm, that's interesting. I thought you were going to say it's how you procrastinate, but that's not it at all. You're like using it as, you know, when your energy isn't there for the creative work, you're, you're diving into something that sustains your motivation and passion. Yes. Yeah, that's really interesting, Demora. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about writing while sick? Because um, a lot of the writers that I work with are, you know, challenged by chronic illness in one way or another. And 
um, you know, they've been, they're working with me on finishing a book and they, they finish the draft, but getting into the revision, you know, they have a flare up, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis or anxiety and depression or uh, chronic fatigue or anything at all um, that just, yeah, saps your energy. How, how do you manage it? How do you manage your writing routine and your writing practice um, in, in the face of that? Yes, that's a good question. When I get really sick, like pneumonia or pleurisy, I have to say it's it's um, it's an emotional crash. Like it's very depressing mm. um, because it, it's recurring, right? I get pneumonia practically every every year. Mm. It feels like, um, and it's really hard when you're in that place to see that things will get better. So I do a lot of journaling when I'm that sick. Uh, when I'm just a little bit sick, like I was this summer where I just had really, was really hard to breathe, but I didn't have an infection. Um, I have to scale back. You just scale back. So that's where the 15 minutes comes from. If I can get in 15 minutes a day, uh, it's enough to to make me feel good about the fact that I'm keeping at it. And so when you're in a space where you're you're sick and you're just not 100% yourself, you just tell yourself, look, 15 minutes. Yeah. You find you that sustaining for yourself. Mm. Oh, very much. Very much. Because even if that 15 minutes isn't, say, on the novel that I'm working on now, even if it's just um, free writing, I love free writing. I, and often the free writing will turn into the novel. Um, I just find it keeps that part of my brain going so that when I when I do get some energy back and do get some time back, uh, it, I can do it. It's it's and I think I, I mentioned this um, to you before. So I had last winter I had something called pulmonary rehab, mm. and I love to refer to my rehab. Love to rehab, but <laughs> <laughs> it was an eight week um, session, and at the uh, at the end of the eight weeks, they said, uh, "So what we want you to do now is to set goals," mm. and I said goals but you know my goal is to not get sick right like and they said no 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 that that's not a goal that's a my motivation and uh, uh, we want you to pick smaller goals you know will you walk three times a week will you uh do your upper body twice a week and your lower body twice a week it just all we want you to do is set goals just write them down and for me this was a revelation I always thought that a goal was was big, you know. I'm going to um, climb Mount Everest or something. I, I I never thought of goals as as small things that you could actually accomplish. And I immediately thought, oh my goodness, that applies to writing. And um, <laughs> right, small goals. <laughs> I totally see the parallels because yes, if I can set myself small writing goals, so I'm working on a novel. I know that today I'm not going to finish the novel. If I can write a scene of the novel, uh, that's fantastic. If I can do some research on the novel, uh, that's even better. So during this roadworks, um, I've amped up the research in order to get away from the, the house. And um, and as a result, the writing has you know diminished a, a somewhat. But um, all of which is to say that you just keep shifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, it's something that often I forget that you can have small goals on the way to a bigger goal. Um, I get so focused on the bigger goal and then, yeah, um, but yes. small goals are so much more motivating. They're really motivating. It yeah. is so nice to, so I check off the, the, the day in my agenda. I put a check mark that I've done my 15 minutes. It's yeah. so nice to do that yeah. and to see those check marks you know, the next day as a reminder that this is, this is something that you're doing and that you can do and you yeah, can carry on doing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, can we talk a little bit about the writing group? So you and I have had the great good fortune to be in a writing group together for like a long time. And it's a great group of people, amazing writers. Can you talk a little bit about the writing group in, as part of your process as a writer? Yes, I certainly can. I can also uh, talk about how much I missed the writing group when I was in London and Jerusalem. Yeah. It, it was it was a huge before loss. we realized we could do everything on Zoom, right? Yes, before <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. So um, yes, uh, I was anxious to get back into the writing group because for me, the 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 monthly check in is perhaps the most important part. I mean, I, I appreciate very much the amazing reading skills of everyone in the writing group and the critiques that they give to my work, but as well, the motivation that I get from being in the writing group is amazing. It's it's the, the, the obligation to check in and to think about what you've done in the past month is uh, really important. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I I, I love, um, I'm, I'm always blown away by the feedback that people give, right? Because yes. we submit work and, and people read it and comment on it. And, and it's always like, how did you see that? Like, <laughs> it's amazing to see, have uh, like a group of really good writers dive so deeply into your project is such a privilege. It's really amazing. It yeah. really is. And uh, I know that my work has benefited from their close readings. Mm -hmm. And I am, I find it astonishing is how, how different their readings are. Mm -hmm. Their, their approach to critique is very different and I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. So I, I, I think being like, being with a group of other writers who can read your work positively is a very good thing. But I have also experienced bad writing group. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to be careful in, in the selection of your writing group and, and to realize that you have to get out if it's, if it's um, you know, yeah, I've been in groups where it's all about ego, right? My, right. I'm the only important person and everyone else is going to be trashed um, right. kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, we're extremely fortunate that we're with such a good group of considerate, yeah, yeah. considerate yeah, readers good. and writers. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are lucky that way. Um, but I think it gets built as well, right? It gets built on every interaction. So, yeah. And so you've got, You've got a finished collection of short stories that you've been querying. Can we talk about the the querying process? Because it's so painful at times. You know, like it has its moments, but oh my God, the querying process. How do you handle um, you know, sending something out and then getting either getting the email that says, no, it's not for us, best of luck placing it elsewhere, 
or total silence. Like, oh my goodness, you just get ghosted by publishers and literary magazines so often. It's horrible. That's right. I've had total silence from three, three publishers so far. And yeah, it's shocking, but not as shocking as the ones who respond within the week with the rejection. That was the <laughs> worst. Like, Did you read it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate doing submissions. Every every time I have to do a submission, I think, why aren't I a rich lady who can hire someone to do this for me? You know, um, but I'm not. And I really, still, really hate even it. Even if someone could do it, you would you'd still have to deal with the emotional implication. The rejection, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I I dealt it with it several ways. The first thing that I did was I separated my email. So I have an email account that I only use for submissions. Um, that way. I love that I'm doing that. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. And that way I don't have to see it until I'm ready to see it. And um, that that is one thing. The other thing is I block out my week. So um, Monday is finances. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is writing, and Friday is um, submissions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just think I figured Friday I'm probably running out of energy, et cetera, et cetera. And there are many you've Fridays. You've got the weekend to like that, look at that's the right. decide. Yeah. 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 And I I really, really hate it, and I will do anything to get out of it. I'll, you know, I'd rather go for a um, CT scan than do submissions. <laughs> but yeah, it's a necessary evil, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing about, I mean, I love the separate email idea because I, I often feel that the thing about submissions is you're forced to kind of face the marketplace, right? So in the marketplace, is this crazy unknowable thing. Like you, you think you can know. I mean, some of the things we we talk about in our writing group is, you know, oh, this publisher is now looking for this or so-and-so is open for submissions or that editor has moved here, you know, and we share that information. But like, it's really hard to keep up on it all. And then it often feels... Um, for me, it feels whimsical. Like the market's doing this today. The market's doing that today. It's like it, the market's completely changed its mind. You know? yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, how, how do you manage that? Like, are you just you just head down doing it anyway? You just don't think about it? While I'm researching Canadian writers abroad, that, that forces me to look at sites like Quill Inquire and the Literary Review of Canada and CBC Books and uh, so on. And that's often when I pick up something that's happening in the in the industry that would apply to where I submit my collection. And I just file it away. I just I have a, a chart for submissions and I just immediately like put that information into the chart and then I deal with it on the Friday. Um, it is hard to keep up. And the writing group also yeah, makes fantastic recommendations and updates on what's happening with some publishers. Um, That's really, that's really it. I try not to think about what's trending because then I wouldn't write a word. Right. Exactly. And if you did write with what's trending in the back of your head, how authentic and, you know, creative would that be? Not. Yeah. That's right. 
What a strange little world we live in, is what they were saying. It's very strange. The novel that I'm working on, mm-hmm. I first thought it would be a short story. I saw the, the origins of this novel were in 2007 in the Globe and Mail. So where was I even in 2007? On my way to Vienna. So I didn't have time to to deal with it at, at that time. Um, no, on my way out of Vienna, was it? Or just back from Vienna, sorry. Anyway, I saw this thing today in history in 2007 that said, you know, 100, 100 years ago, this woman in Toronto was charged with witchcraft. And I tore out that thing or I made a note on a piece of paper and I kept it all those years. It was always in the back of my mind. I thought it would be a short story. And I had a very specific short story in mind, but it just, you know, because I was working on other things and that whole thing of like packing away your that life and starting this life. And um I didn't really have the time to come back to it until moving back to Ottawa. And I went to Toronto a year ago to to do a bit of research on it. I thought, you know, that's that's pretty strange. Like, how can that be in 1907 in Toronto? You know, yeah, yeah. very very bizarre. And I, I quickly found out that, of course, <laughs> surprise, surprise, the press had taken the headline that they wanted, and in fact, she wasn't actually charged with witchcraft. But. Um, I've forgotten why I started telling you this. Um, <laughs> that feels like me today. Um, Post-COVID and flu shots, my brain. There. Um, but we were talking about the, originally the market, like right Oh, now. the market. That's right. And so while I was doing my, while I was in Toronto, of course, Toronto bookstores, uh, you know, et cetera, I started noticing people were writing about witches, like all over the place. Yes, it became Everywhere. a huge thing. It's like this thing. thing. Yeah, it's this thing. It's really popular right now to to write novels about witches or just to write about witch trials. Or, um, and you know, I was astonished, but I had to sort of step back from all of that and sort of say, well, you know, no, that I mean, that's not really what my novel is going to be about anyway. Uh, you know, it's it's about class and court and, you know, how does an, a, a, a single woman in her 30s make a living and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Fascinating. October is when I read witches. Like it's my the spooky my spooky season thing is like, what are the new books about witches this year? So I, I've got a stack in my bedroom that were about witches. So um, if, you, if you need witch reading, I'm your girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. I will keep that in mind. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things I've started, I've started doing this season in the podcast is asking uh, the writers that come and talk to me, what it means to them if I say, you know, we're resilient writers, what does it mean to you um, to be a resilient writer? I have thought about that. Uh, especially when listening to your podcast and hearing the answers of other people. And yes, perseverance is important. But I think in my case, it's adaptability. To be a resilient writer is to 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 be adaptable to, to whatever is thrown at you. So mm-hmm. I don't think I could have kept writing if I didn't have that adaptability, um, you know, to, to suddenly be in a place where there's power outages every day or water shortages every day or where someone's going to come to where you're trying to write and ask you um you know excuse me madame what do i do about so and such or um 
having to evacuate so that the, the, the room can be fumigated because there's an infestation or finding, you know, rats in your bathroom or, you know, just so many things and, um, you know, moving and removing and setting up your life over and over again. Uh, if I only had one way of doing my work, I wouldn't get any work done. So to be uh, adaptable to, to in that sense, to maybe as well over t- over the years, the time of day even has changed for me. Uh, I now I now take a medicine that is cumulative, so that I feel my best in the afternoon. So I used to be a morning writer, and now I've become an afternoon writer. And it's just to be aware of like how things are are pressing on you and how you can adapt to that situation in order to to persevere, in order to keep writing. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, And also, I guess, with the, you know, when you've been sick, just needing to figure out how to, as you say, adapt, how to, there's something about, to me, what you're saying is like, there's something about not being precious about it. Like, I need to get this done. This thing's come up. So how do I get this done? Yeah, that's right. The other thing I I do when I'm sick or like having that kind of down thing is I read I read about writing. Mm. And I, so I try to keep my toe in, so journaling and reading about writing. If I'm really not capable of working on my mm. um, on whatever it is I've, I'm working on at the time, but that that's also why the you know you asked me earlier why did you switch from novels to short stories. And now from short story back to novel, um, that's just part of the thing and adapting to the situation that you're in, mm-hmm. you know, even the mental space that you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for doing this, Deborah. It's been really nice to talk to you. I don't think we've had the, this kind of conversation before, so it's really been great. Thank yeah, so no, it has. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and for listening all the way to the end. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Resilient Writers Radio Show. While you're here, I would really appreciate it if you'd consider leaving a rating and review of the show. You can do that in whatever app you're using to listen to the show right now, and it just takes a few minutes. Your ratings and reviews tell the podcast algorithm gods that yes, this is a great show, definitely recommend it to other writers. And that will help us reach new listeners who might need a boost in their writing lives today as well. So please take a moment and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. And I promise to read every single one. Thank you so much. Mm